Hey everybody, welcome to When Your Words Fail Music Speaks. I'm your handicapped host, James Cox. And I want to introduce to you a wonderful, soulful, and sensuous, laid back and intimate, the perfect music for late night listening, Anna Patan is a German songwriter, singer, and instrumentalist of Romanian origins who blends a variety of cultures and styles in a witty and elegant music statement. Congenial and familiar, still difficult to place. Her main instrument is electric guitar, and her style has been described as world-influenced, grooving rock jazz, alternate inflected prog-related, a 33 and one-third. Most of her music knowledge, though, came from real-life interactions and playing with accomplished musicians from across the globe thus getting an insight to their passion, attitude, behavior, and values. The deep inspirational motor under all these musical adventures has always been Anna's songwriting passion that she kept alive at all times, performing her compositions with the band or as a solo artist in clubs or festivals locally as well as internationally. Today, we have the privilege to talk to one of the greats, ladies and gentlemen, Anna Patan. I am lying on a black marble bench listening to colors. The purple in the orchard tree, the yellow in the talking barrel. Hey, Anna, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm enjoying a day of sun here in Sweden the first one in about two weeks of rain and gray clouds so yeah. this is why I decided to take the computer outside and uh, just share share the beautiful sunny nature with you as yeah. well yeah I, I mean it did look nice because uh, uh, um, over there it's what like four o'clock there right it's four o'clock in the afternoon yeah. and uh, we have already like enjoyed the day a bit yeah, and cool. now we uh, we are ready to relax a bit and have a chat. Nice, nice. So okay, so first of all, I went. I I, I always ask people who who actually found us, how did you find us? Because I know that you got in contact with me. So, yeah. Yeah. I I really don't know how. I think it was yeah. uh, it was for sure on Instagram because well, yeah, we are yeah. still in touch there. I don't know how I found you. Probably through one of the. Music review blogs that I'm in touch with because you are probably you guys are connected with each other, so you know one, you know right. all yeah. the friends, and it's a it's a pool of um, basically independent uh, music um, artists, player, podcasters, uh, right. radio hosts. Oh, nice! Cause, cause we, I, didn't, I I didn't even know that we had a review. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's just there. You just step in, you tap into the social media, and it's all there. You just right. get uh, get acquainted with whom you like. Because I I tend to 
um, make my relationships based on this personal uh, sympathy, affinity. I really believe in this, in, in getting well together with people. Right, right. Which is and, a... and uh, it will continue very nicely professionally as well. Yeah. So um, it turns out you and I have a, have a, have a thing with Facebook and Instagram. Uh, while we were talking on Instagram, you said that uh, they deleted your account. Right. No, they blocked my account. Blocked they blocked account. me okay. from getting in for uh, I don't know. I haven't tried it for a while. I just got I was trying to get in and they I was blocked and I didn't know why. And I have a suspicion that it's because we were talking with each other together. <laughs> Your account was deleted. Yeah. And I was thinking, my God, it's so impossible to deal with these faceless companies who don't ever answer your messages and this is not right. It's not yeah. correct. We should find another solution, uh, right? Yeah. And then I found my account blocked. So I just I gave up on it for about two weeks and then I tried again and uh, yeah. it worked. But, you know, I, you cannot control these things. How can no, you do it? No. Except um, for having your own web page and sending the people there to be in contact with you. That's right. the only uh, solution if we cannot get in touch personally and have real concerts and people can talk to you in person and uh, keep in touch that's uh, that's the only viable option through the website right yeah because uh, uh, it's it's funny uh, yeah because Facebook uh, deleted my page without without reason and my Instagram was attached to that page so they my Instagram page with oh, you. I understand. So, so it yeah, was so. Facebook mainly. My God, that's even worse than I expected. Yeah. So what are you doing? Are you rebuilding everything? You had so much great content there. I am. I I, I started a new a new Instagram page. What I did was I used my one of my old old uh, pages and deleted all this stuff on there and just built it back up because I had like three hundred followers before. So now I'm fully building that back up. Well, it, it's hard, you know. Facebook and, and Instagram don't, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't do their homework, you know, because uh, I, I I believe too that I got hacked, and they and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I I don't think they did the homework because if they did, they wouldn't have known that. So, right. You know. So they should keep uh, an eye on the on this uh, yeah. on these aspects because it's it's not correct. And I've been following you for quite a few months now and I've been impressed by the amount of work you put into uh, your podcast and webpage and everything you're doing it so nicely and uh, the kind of people you got to interview it's impressing yeah. It's, uh, yeah. so congratulations for all this thank you thank you ma'am that means a lot to me um, yeah because I'm, I'm I'm so glad that, that, that I was able to talk to you personally because uh, dealing with these PR people you know with some um, musicians is hard to get around to you know I don't, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to get around, you know, there's PR people, you know, so, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad to talk to you. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, choose independent musicians. They always yeah. do everything for themselves. Right, That's right. easy. Well, well, <laughs> well, it's better now because uh, I, um, I don't know if you heard of the band Nightpoint, but they went independent. Uh, they, they just released their, their, their label of 361 records. So, so they're fully independent now instead of, of depending on, um, you know, major labels c coming, uh, you know, to the aid and stuff. So I think, I think independent is, is, is really booming now. And I, and I, and I understand why, you know, because these major labels just, just, uh, you know, tell you what to do all the time. And, you know, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not 
what you want to do, you know? Yeah. So. And um, they have a way of taking your money in a very legal way. Right. The money for, for the work that you're doing in the end. Exactly. And um, so, and, and why? I mean, I do not need to get internationally known. I do not need to get ultra famous. As soon as uh, my people, uh, my, my music can get to about a thousand people. That's all you need. Uh, who really appreciate the music, who really understand, who, are, who can be in touch with you. That You can handle this amount of listeners. And that's and that's all you need. If you have a small audience and you can tour and uh, a few people buy your albums and enjoy your music, what do you need more? You can, yeah. in an ideal world, you can actually survive from this. And then you you don't need more. You don't need to be a star. Music is not for stardom. Music is for enjoying, for expressing your feelings and touching people. Right. And uh, what this podcast is, is uh, it also helps people with anxiety and depression. And that's what we focus on, you know, because I have depression and my co-hosts have depression. And we just want to um, make the listener get away for like an hour and enjoy music, you know, get their mind off things. Absolutely. So that's what we and do. Fun. Yeah. And a little bit of sun. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of sun. You're, you're, you are correct. You are correct. So uh, when you were in your late teens, uh, you moved to Bucharest in Romania, uh, where you were in, in a contest for a uh, notable national festival. Uh, what was this contest for? It was an, a folk contest. Okay. It was uh, it was very known. It was the biggest folk contest in the country, and uh, you know everybody, every kid who was playing guitar was dreaming of one day being there and at least participating in that pre-selection for being allowed to be in the contest. And I was watching this for a few years, trying to get in and get the slot in the, uh, to be auditioned. And I never got it. I could never figure out when time is for, <laughs> for this audition. And luckily, I met someone, I met my favorite musician in Romania, Alexandru Andriesh is his name. And uh, he was kind enough to listen to my music. He liked it and he started supporting me by taking me to this um, television show whose hosts were exactly the guys organizing this national festival. Oh, nice. And... Um, mm. They liked my playing and they invited me, make, made sure that I know in time when this audition takes place and I could come there. There were thousands of contestants. I, I saw my chances as very low, but I stood for it anyway. I forgot my lyrics at the audition. Oh. I blocked in the middle of the song because I was so, <laughs> so tense and nervous, but... Uh, I finally went through and they liked, again, what, what I did there. I went on in the contest. I played in the contest on a very big stage for like 5,000 people. It was very overwhelming. But again, to my surprise, I somehow got uh, the first prize. And that um, opened in a new world for me musically because all of a sudden I was in the newspapers. I was invited in TV shows and radio shows, and I was saying, "Hey, I'm 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 that girl. Oh, you're that girl. Okay, <laughs> tell us your story." 
and I didn't really have a story, but I had this enthusiasm and I had some very cool songs looking back on it. I, uh, and I had this, this uh, how shall I say, this lack of fear or this nonchalance, this uh, craziness, not knowing what I'm doing, but just showing up for it and going on with the wave. And then, you know, from one thing to another, things escalated and I was playing my concerts and doing my thing. And uh, till the moment when I realized I have to grow, I have to, I got up to the ceiling. Now I have to break the ceiling and go on the second level. That's right. And that's when I moved over to Germany and I went to serious jazz schools because that was one problem in Romania, still is. Uh, they had conservatory for the classical music, very, very well uh, respected and uh, on, on great standards, but nothing really for the um, pop musician or, right. you know, pop rock musician, nothing for the modern instruments like guitar, which I was uh, into. So that I found in Germany and I had to get really serious. They had a, a very high level of teaching this kind of things. And uh, I spent the next seven years, well, I, I still am studying music, but the next right. seven years I've been studying music uh, seriously theory and practicing and uh, all that yeah yeah i don't think anybody can can stop learning from music because because uh last decade is a whole lot different from this decade and this decade is going to be a whole lot different from the next decade whatever exactly you're right you're right and and you cannot stop because you are in it and whatever you are in you will learn about if you cook you will learn about cooking all your life if you <laughs> are into gardening you will never stop learning oh, yeah, there's no. always something new yeah. and that is why i think for me when i get a little bit say out of it or as you said depressed or something all i i'm trying very hard to focus on on uh, not saying, oh, it's it's all over. I have nothing left to do. I have nothing left to learn. There is so much out there. And I just have to force myself, find something new. Keep your eye on going forward. Uh, do, forget everything that's been. Do not let it press on you. Just move on and discover something new and get excited about that. I think the excitement is what keeps us sane. Right, exactly. The passion. And the, that gives you happiness. Yeah. Uh, so it also stated in that uh, festival that you attended um, that you performed in front of some musicians that you look up to. Um, can yes. we can, can we find no no no? Can you give us some of their names? And also, um, did they give you some insider insider information about the music music industry? <laughs> Yes, um, they were they were Romanian musicians, okay. still are. Uh, as I mentioned already, Alexandru Andriesh, he was um, my name to go to because uh, he his music incorporated everything I loved from uh, the Americans and the UK artists and basically in all the international music of. Uh, jazz and uh, blues and 
rock and pop. He had the Beatles in and he had uh, whatever, Credence, Clearwater Revival, and he had the Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan and everything. Johnny uh, Mitchell was in his music. So I got it in a way secondhand first from him, already with Romanian lyrics, and adapted to the culture in a way, because he, he added this um, uh, very specific humor um, side to it. So talking about whatever, somebody in pajamas or making fun of the militia people. Right. Uh, and that, that was a, a very um, funny quirk that his music had, which fascinated me. Um, another one was Nico Alifantis, who was also into the folk scene. He was a great, uh, still is, a great national artist and composer uh, for film music as well. Um, and they helped me a lot understand um, how the music business works because they, they would just take me along on meetings uh, or to the TV or to the recording studio. And uh, I just had to sit and watch. Uh, I remember we were in this big radio, national radio recording studio where they had all the studio machines and all the big halls where they were re recording the big orchestras. And that's uh, where one of my first demos was recorded. And Nico Alifantis, he was producing it. And I was, um, as a kid, coming in and saying, oh, but, you know, I would like, like uh, could I? Uh, and he said, please, uh, now, sit back, watch and learn. Right. Do not interfere. <laughs> Do not uh, put your own personal touch on it. You are here to see how I'm doing things. And then later on, you will pick that up and do things your way, which was um, was very good. And it continued like that for many years. I was in touch with all these people and uh, I had a great manager at the time also, who was also their man manager, uh, uh, Mr. Mitran. And um, he, they were coaching me along wonderfully. And I, again, I was a bit... Uh, I'm patient and I wanted to run before I can walk. And they always made sure to, to pace me and tell me, you need to learn this before you apply it. Okay, so practice it a bit. And uh, that, that was it. And then when I moved to Germany, the game stepped up even a bit more seriously. Because first of all, I, I didn't have anybody. I really was independent. I, I right. didn't have all this help and manager and all these things. And the German audience was all of a sudden different because the Germans are very uh, eager to embrace you as an artist, to embrace new concepts and music and support new artists. But the moment you do not deliver what you have promised, you're, the moment you're not as good as you should be, as they expect, they just uh, stand up and walk away. Mm. And so you lose them as an audience. And uh, the, the word spreads on a personal level very quickly. So uh, very soon you will not have an, an audience. So this kind of mistakes, not being up there where you should be, you cannot do too many of them. Right. 
And uh, that that was the the next lesson I've learned in Germany. That is why I started going to school and stepping up my game a bit and, and really be serious about it. Um, recording my things better, uh, getting um, more um, concerned with the little details that make the music that puts it together, with the aspect, with the presentation of it. Um, so many, many musicians uh, start from bands first and then go off on solo projects. Um, I found yeah, that, that you were a singer and guitarist for Triple Suite. Can you tell mm -hmm. us about Triple Suite? That was a... Um, <laughs> it was a very sweet project. <laughs> It was put together by uh, the company Horner. Uh, you probably heard of it. They used to be to make uh, all those guitars and basses back in the days. Uh, the Beatles, were, the Paul McCartney was playing a Horner uh, bass guitar, and uh, they were trying to relaunch this um, project for the new modern instruments, because in the meanwhile, they had become more um, involved in the harmonicas and uh, blues harps and all that. And they were trying to get back into the guitar uh, field. They were making all these beautiful guitars, actually. They had a model made for Prince uh, called the Black Prince a um, very nice Honor guitar in the style of uh, Telecaster that he was actually playing. I saw a concert with Prince in those days and he was actually playing this, uh, this Telecaster model of Honor. And that uh, they had a new models, very, very modern and spaceship looking, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I was testing. But uh, I think my favorite was that, uh, that uh, um, Telecaster model. And uh, they um, brought one more girl on board uh, on the blues harp and another one on the harmonica. So they had these instruments and they said, well, can you make this work? <laughs> <laughs> so we had to find a solution and to uh, play together. And it was quite cool, actually. It was a very exciting music. We were playing some covers, but uh, we also had our own songs. Uh, and we had to find a way to play them on this uh, very special combination of instruments. And it worked. We had some very nice concerts. We were at some uh, international um, music uh, trade fairs and uh, made a lot of friends. It was a good time. It's quite nice. Cool. Um... But um, from the point of view of bands, yes, I have played in many bands. I have played... Actually, I have been kicked out of so many bands. This is one oh, no. thing I, I'm saying because every time um, I hear somebody, I hear a friend saying, oh, I've been kicked out of my band. I'm so pissed. Wow. And I, I'm telling them, listen, this is, this is a great thing. I mean, it's just like falling. When you fall, you learn something. You learn how to walk better. Yeah. Uh, so it is just learning from your mistakes and it is like, Every time you something didn't happen for you as you wanted, it's it's a lesson that you take with you for the next stage. And everything that m makes you fail is a, is a step forward. So the many bands I was kicked out of, 
They were a great learning experience <laughs> for me. <laughs> and I, pl I played in a punk band where I was playing guitar. It was yeah. very cool. Nice, nice. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, punk is great because I figured, because I think that, that, that it, release, it releases anger, you know. Instead of re releasing it everywhere else, you can just, you know, release it through, through music. And I, and I think that's great, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a, w a great way to release anger and, and accum uh, accumulate happiness. Yeah, that's what comes back exactly. when you exactly. when you leave it all out. Right. So uh, you just said that you uh, that you endorse uh, um, Horner guitars, right? Not anymore. It happened oh, okay. for a few. I don't really know how it lasted. How long it lasted? Two, three years. Okay. It was a fun time, and then I moved on, and um, again. It was it was a great learning experience. It was right. very nice, and now um, I am playing whatever instruments I feel like playing, oh, nice. yeah. which is very um, free freeing. Yeah. It is liberating because before every time I went to a music trade show and I wanted to try out an instrument, I had to make sure. Nobody's taking pictures uh, that they are not published somewhere and you have a contract with a company that says you should only be seen with this kind of instruments. And when you play the record, you should have these instruments on your record. And wow, um, yeah. so now I'm released of all that and I can try whatever instruments I like and um, uh, whatever sounds better will land up on my album. And I decided that it's better to buy... Um, and finance my own instruments, uh, effects, pedals, uh, cables, whatever I need. It's not so difficult to get one. And, and I don't need more than one or two. Right. I don't need too, too much stuff and not too expensive. I just try to keep it small. As I was talking about my independence, when you keep it small, you can actually keep your independence. When you're starting to want more and the greed interferes, then... You cannot yeah. keep it together anymore. Yeah. You have to delegate people, and then your independence is kind of gone. Yeah, it's a it's a big problem when you come with uh, people who are greedy. You know, I mean, because who wants that? You know. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I, but I would ask you in uh, in two thousand and nine, you you injured your wrist at a concert um, with the flu. Uh, yeah. First, first, first of all, why did you play when you had the flu? And how did he end up in injuring your your wrist? Uh, yeah, they are both very good questions. <laughs> no, because I figured, like, 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 if you had the flu, like, like, your audience will understand, and you know, you can always come back and play after. It you, makes you know. sense, right? Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I should have done that. But I was in a contract of one month playing. Uh, I had a one month contract playing okay. five hours a day, and. Uh, I, it happened about two weeks in, in the contract, in the middle of the period. And I was wondering, uh, I felt the pain. I got kind of sick. I continued to play every evening for five hours. Plus, in the daytime, practicing for maybe four more. Right. So that was a lot of playing. No wonder it happened. And uh, with the inflammation I had in my body, on the f fever I had, it just went crack. I heard it and I felt it and it went, ah, it was so bad. It was yeah. so bad. And I continued to play. I finished the song and I was thinking, what am I going to do now? Am I going to play this concert? So I finished it. 
And um, I had knew, I had known of it. I knew what condition this is because my guitar teacher in school told me, if such a thing happens to you, you guys stop, you stop, whatever you do, you do not have to show anything to anybody. You do not have to prove anything, just stop because it is the end of your career. And if you do not fix it immediately, you will never be able to play again. And I know I had some friends who told me right then, finish the contract, just, just stop it and, and explain what happened to you. And instead I went on playing for two more weeks on a horrible pain, horrible pain. Mm. And I delivered my uh, so-called duty, which was stupid. I advise anybody to not do that. Please always place your health first. That's more important than anything. You, it's, not, it's not about duty. It's not about money in life. It's about your health and your happiness. So please take care of yourself if something like that happens. I did not do that. And it was very, very difficult, almost impossible to heal my hand afterwards. Um, I went to doctors and they wanted to operate, which would have meant that I would need to relearn everything I had done on the guitar. Yeah. I did not want to do that. And finally, I uh, discovered a treatment with ice, uh, icing my my wrist for a very long time, for months and months. And uh, when I <laughs> did not hope anything anymore, it just happened. In a few days, it got better. And then I got the courage and started playing a little bit on the piano. And I have to say, it's not recovered. I still have to take good care of my wrist and not overplay and ice whenever I feel it getting tired. But at least uh, now I can, I can do my my music and in that time when i was forced to not play music which was about two years three years up to three years i was depressed it's just as you say the music was not in my life it was not coming out of me and i i was thinking maybe i will never be able to play music again and that was depressing right. I, wish I could still sing but I was thinking of all this. I was thinking of this album that I just launched. Um, it will never come to life. And uh, I had never made it all my life. I had done all these other projects, playing in all these bands, uh, all this music and whatever covers and playing with others. Uh, and never had done the music that I wanted to express. And that was uh, one thing I would have... I actually regret it very much in, in this time. And um, my boyfriend kept, kept me going. He's a very positive guy. He's a musician as well. And he's, he has much more experience than I, than I had. Uh, and he told me, just keep on going. Just do whatever you can. You sing. You express yourself through singing. You still uh, write songs. Um, express yourself as you can, do some, play some piano, press however you can on those right. keys. Uh, yeah, just, just do your stuff and keep your treatment and do not despair. It will be fine. And even if you cannot make music again, you can do something else. There are so many beautiful things to do in life. Right. And he was right. And, and this positiveness helped me a lot. And this, this, uh, desire to make this album and the moment I got better and I started to play a little bit on the 
piano and a little bit on the guitar again, I started working on this album immediately. Uh, so would, would you consider your the, the piano your second favorite uh, instrument behind the guitar? Because I know you like your your favorite instrument is the guitar. So what would be what would you consider your second favorite if you had one? I I don't know. I don't even know if I have a favorite instrument. They are all so amazing and cool. Yeah. I also have I'm fascinated by drums. I would love to play drums. Yeah. I started a little bit. It doesn't really work on me. Yeah. But uh it's so great to manifest yourself. It's so like such a you know, a energy loaded instrument, so groovy. Yeah. Um, uh, I love that as well, but I think I've always been fascinated by piano since I was a kid. I, I had dreams when I was a kid when I woke up um, um, with the wish that I had a piano. I, I was dreaming that I got the piano in my dream and I was waking up, oh, I'm going to play the piano. Oh, I don't have a piano. Oh, wait. Oh, it's too I can't go out of my one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too expensive to have a piano or piano lessons or anything. So it was, uh, I think, from this kind of forbidden fruit uh, sentiment, um, I, I really developed a passion for the piano. But I did not develop a passion for practicing the piano, which oh, no. is very yeah. important. Yeah. So I'm just um, playing whatever I feel, whatever I can transpose from the guitar. And I have to think, oh, wait a minute, this was D. Ah, oh, OK, D. Ah, it sounds right, like yeah. that. Most of the times I have to not think about what I'm playing, what chords and what notes, and just go ahead and play it uh, and see what it sounds. That is. Uh, the principal mode in which I guide myself in music. I just like to feel what it what it feels like and where it wants to go and just go with the sounds and not explain what they are in right. notes and scores. And, um, and, that, and that is fun. That is, that is so favorite instruments, all instruments are amazing. I think if you can take a comb and wrap it in a plastic paper, in a plastic bag and sing on it, it's amazing. Yeah, I, well, I love all instruments. Exactly. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, because um, when when we were growing up, my sister always had a piano in the house somewhere, and I don't think that well, she hasn't played it in a long time, so I don't think it's like riding the bike. But it might be, you know, like, you know, once you ride the bike, you will never forget, you know. So I figured if she goes back playing piano, she can probably pick it up quick, quick, quicker than what she, you know, used to do. So yeah, but she was a great, great pianist. So, yeah. so I hope she gets out, gets back on it. Cause um, I don't know, man. There's something about music that that resonates th throughout the soul, you know. Absolutely. Now, nobody should stop playing anything just because they think they are bad at it. It's not about being bad or good at anything. It's about, are you feeling happy when you're doing it? That's it. Go on. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Do it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so um, you mentioned your, your new album. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about uh, the two singles that you have um, out on the, on the album and the two singles that you released prior to the album. Um. So we all know that specific places brings out songs within them. Um, so I read that you were in a park in a in a, a park in Hong Kong, and the song "Colors on Hormones" came to you. Um, Indeed, can, yeah. Can you tell us how that came about? 
I mean, like what well, was atmosphere in the park and everything? That was an overwhelming experience being in Hong Kong for the first time, and you see these high buildings that never end, <laughs> uh, and they are lit up during the day and during the night, and you have all these gardens full of flowers of of amazing smells and colors, and you have the exotic birds flying around and the cars driving around, and all, they are all colored, and they have colors on them, and the uh, the the um, uh, stores have uh, have colors all over their entrances and all this, you know, it's all so colored. That is why um, the the song is being called "Colors on Hormones." I didn't know how to express this kind of like in, intensity of the color that never stopped day or night. Um, I was in a garden full of orchid trees, sitting on a marble bench that was black and uh, watching this contrast of the hard black stone with the fragile beautiful pink flowers and it just sounds come to me and lyrics come to me and they just come together in a song luckily i've always uh, been blessed to just receive this kind of message that is together lyrics and music so they just come and my biggest problem is to receive it properly to have it all together right. and not not miss any of the information and not have my mind somewhere else so um uh, that that is what happened during uh, that trip in hong kong uh, also i was i don't know what floor i was on in this hotel must have been 70 something but it was endless. You were going up and up and up with the elevator, and then <laughs> you were up on, a, or looking from a window down on some cars that looked like this, and the people were tiny, yeah. and everything was again. It was colored, and I was looking up, and there were still buildings going up in the sky, and that feeling I had to put in the song because uh, it is. I wanted to tell you from the beginning that your name for your uh, podcast is fantastic is great because when words fail music speaks yes that 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 is what it always happened to me since i was a kid i was trying to express something in words and i couldn't and then i would sing it or play it and there it was exactly that idea so you, how can you put a city into a story you can maybe if yeah, you're yeah. A great writer but to me it was always easier to put it in a song because you have the sounds you have the dynamic you have the the, the even the words get a greater significance when they are accentuated in a song so that that is always much easier to put an idea into music than than to express it with words and you know communication is way beyond words and and music is is a um, way of expressing i mean if you if you listen to the birds they are expressing themselves and that's that's already music right yeah. that's sure. um the communication is is uh, in the in the movement in the sound waves in the air in the wind that that is all that is sounds, that is 
movement, that is communication. Exactly. And, and music can take much of that and, and transmit. You, you can take this music and give it to another. You can basically wrap up your emotions and give them as a gift. Right, exactly, yes. Um, so the other singular that I want to talk about is Human. Um, I found this song very catchy, uh, upbeat, uh, but it does have a serious message behind it. You know, what the, what the world is going through today. Uh, so what made you write uh, about the serious, serious things going on in the world through, through this song? Human is about the bad way that we as humans are treating our planet and uh, all the creatures on the planet. It's right. their planet too, it's, you know, it's not just ours as humans. And I always found that very rude, how we take all these resources as if they w were only ours. And not only that, but we are also greedy and fighting with each other for them. So we do not behave very nicely, we have to admit that. No, we and don't. I think it, it lays in our uh very long or maybe not so long culture and even starting with the bible when they say um what does it say in the bible that uh, you should uh, um multiply and uh, uh subdue and rule right. something yeah. like that yeah. so when you get such orders <laughs> how can you how can you discuss them it's it's in a bit like um you know, like the the Nazi soldier would say, well, I was just following orders. And that's what we can say. Oh, that's what is written in the Bible, to subdue and rule. No, that is not nice. I mean, you cannot uh, just go ahead and kill a, a population of uh, somebody who lives there in the rainforest just because you need that space for making super malls or right, for killing exactly. the the coconut oil so no this is really not okay and we have to rethink um, our whole existence on this planet because we are only guests here it's not ours we are no. not the owners right. of anything here so we should just use it as nicely as possible and then and then retreat nicely and leave space for for everybody else to coexist, not kill anybody, not uh, interfere with life on the planet. It's, it's really not ours. That is what I'm trying to say in this song. And unfortunately, uh, it's always been a little bit of a activism and people do not want to listen to this kind of stuff because it's too politically correct and too moral and it's too naggy and too reminding them of things that they know but they do not want to think about because they want to enjoy life which i understand completely and that is why i wanted to make the music uh, nice and warm and entertaining so people can still identify with this song and find pleasure in it right while listening to the subliminal message of um, do not please do not kill each other do not make weapons that uh, you know be friends do not separate on race or religion or and uh, and keep the keep the planet tight and clean and nice because there will be no other one that that is the last um, verse of the song in which we would just be loaded up on shuttles and taken somewhere else which is much yeah. nicer 
and a planet that loves us so much more and so much respectful, much more respectful to the human needs and takes care of us. Where are we going to find this? Nowhere. That is the only place we have. We got one of Earth, and if we don't take care of it, it's going to, you know, dissipate or something, you know. So, yeah. I, I think they're, but they're both uh, beautiful and um, powerful songs. Um, and those those singles are now on your full album, Spice Gold and Tales Untold, which is a a very like awesome title for me to actually um, say. Uh, so it's available on your Bandcamp page, anapatan.bandcamp.com. So please, everybody who's listening, go pick it up. Um, right now. Pause this podcast and go buy it and come back. <laughs> but um, I you you said previously that that after your your wrist accident um you started on this album, um so from from the point where you just started at the point now how long did how how long did that process take you to record this album? Yeah, uh, wait, T- uh, wait, I have to get them all in the image. <laughs> <laughs> ten. 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 Okay. Ten years. Ten years. Okay, nice. Okay. Ten years. Uh, uh, uh. Ten years. Yeah, it took a long time because I um, I wanted all details um, correct, right. I didn't want to force something into something that it didn't want to be. And it takes time for nice things to develop. I mean, you have... A tomato, it needs time to grow. A tree, it needs time to grow. A house, it needs time to be built. Everything takes time. So how how can uh, somebody's wrist muscle not take time to learn a hundred songs, which I had to choose from? I made um, as many songs as I could because I wanted to choose some of the best from them. I didn't want to take the first ones that come. And uh, each one was recorded in more versions just to see what wants to happen what kind of arrangement would fit on it nicely it took a long time to figure out the equipment and the sound and the kind of guitar and the kind of strings and the pedals and the amp and whatever and this doesn't you don't figure that out overnight i had to play concerts and see how the songs behave with people how how do they change while you play them? Uh, how does the, behave, uh, the equipment behave? What should be improved? Um, because I want it all very natural. I wanted to breathe, not, not be tense, not right. be forced. Uh, so I just wanted to see what wants to happen. What, what, where what, does that song want to go? I didn't want to, to put a certain rhythm on it that would not fit with it correctly and it was the same with the people that uh, I worked with Um, I got in touch with a lot of musicians that I knew and I saw which ones want to be part of it which ones will understand the message the best which ones would want to participate and help it grow and some of them um, functioned wonderfully, some of them didn't, just like in life with any kind of relationships. And as I told you in the beginning, I believe in this 
personal communication before the professional one. That was very important and that led to next levels where we could take the music and develop it from there. And that takes time. I like, you know, human relationship, human friendship takes time. That, that was again, a very time consuming process. And then, uh, of course, I had to grow as a human being in order to grow as a musician, which, again, took time. How do you understand these things? How, because you want to produce a song. You, you cannot just produce a song overnight. You have to learn and then see how that sounds and then see how this mix sounds, if you make a mix of it, uh, and see, oh, this doesn't really work. Uh, oh, what, what was I thinking? I, the drums are too loud. And you listen to it in the car, and then you go and redo it. And, and the, the songs were also their own individuals. <laughs> I, I did not want to force them or... Uh, or um, make them fit into a a dress that they didn't want to be in so some of them I just uh, let go because they didn't want to participate and some other ones had to come in and um, I had to record them as demos and I had to figure out what would fit on this one what kind of instrumentation I see what kind of arrangement because I also wanted it very simple. There are only three instruments that accompany my voice. It's just the guitar and the bass and the drums. Right. So that's um, very little, uh, some would say, to fill up the space of a whole song. But at the same time, it's a lot uh, if you let them fight. So if they are doing the same thing, they will fight with each other. So I was trying to... Uh, let the bass take its own little space and frequency and melodies and not uh, and have the guitar do something else and then have the vocal on top just basically floating on this weaving with the material made by the harmonic of guitar and bass and then having the groove underneath of the of the drums that also do not have to fight with any of them, but just supporting where the holes are. So that, that was a very beautiful process, uh, very fascinating for me, uh, because I, I had to learn a lot to, to do the best with small uh, resources. And that, that, that is what took 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the end, uh, and then and then at the end, I was uh, supposed to go touring, and I had all these tours aligned and all this um, promotion, and then uh, COVID started, and then I said, okay, so what's what? it gonna be? I mean, it's been waiting all this time. Right. It yeah. wait for one more year. It's been two years now, but uh, still, um, I was thinking, okay, so maybe this is the time for it to come out because that is a so-called breathing time for everybody people in a way need music in another way are overwhelmed with releases right now because everybody does that yeah. but that might be the moment for this album to come out so uh, it it proved that it was i mean any moment would have been nice but uh, it just came out in um, february i think okay 
I didn't pay attention. I think so. <laughs> and and, uh, <laughs> and since then, uh, it just happened to me. It just yeah. came out like plop. And then it got such, such amazing um, reviews. And, and uh, um, first of all, all my friends who were waiting for it for such a long time, received it very well and because they loved it so much and they gave me such feedbacks as oh my god this is a this is like a warm hug of a friend <laughs> and that that was beautiful for me that's that's all i need to hear to go on and yeah. and be enthusiastic about this but then um, even people who are serious into music like big magazine international uh, magazines and not uh, not uh, just uh, singer-songwriter, but also a, a metal um, magazine in Italy wrote about it. They found it very nice, oh, nice. because um, because also Devin Townsend is on it, who is a metalhead. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and, and Devin uh, liked it from the very beginning. He listened to some demos and he said, oh, oh, that's cool. I, I would like to... To do this, let's do this. When yeah. do we do it? When do we do it? <laughs> and it was came excited, to huh? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that such things were were very cool. Were very cool when they happened on me, and I, they were beautiful surprises. I enjoyed them a lot. I still do, and they things like that they transformed the album into what it is. And I do believe that people reviewers um, feel that um, that I just poured my soul out and not trying to be smart about it and not trying to say anything else with words that I didn't understand. I just wanted to be myself and uh, and just put it out there and let it be. And that that is what I think it is. I, that is what I hope it is. And um, of course, on, on this album, I had Jonas Helborg, who played on most of the tracks, played bass on um, most of them. There was Jonathan Herrera, um, a very talented guy from, from San Francisco, who's also playing keys amazingly. And, um, but, but Jonas was um, also the the guy who who assisted me every step on the way and and who participated all his music experience into how you do this how you don't do this right. and because he, he taught me from early on to um, it's important what you do but it's also important what you don't do right because some things you just uh, should just uh, let them be let them go and not do them yeah. Uh, do not exaggerate with things. Just um, you know, he has a lot of uh, experience and a lot of taste, and uh, he, his advice I trust whatever it is because whatever he ever said turned out to be true. So when he says something now, I just do it. <laughs> so when he says play this like this, and I I I will do that. Uh, um, and he, he was the one who insisted that the bass should not suffocate the 
songs should not fight with the vocal for for being in the foreground that the instruments should be a bit behind having their own little uh, melodicity but not taking over the voice and that that these are things that if one doesn't know in advance takes a lot of time to learn them it does. so it's very lucky for me to just have them from the beginning and just follow these advices and just know, especially technical, especially this is how you record the drums. This is how you record the guitar. And that is the kind of uh, setting you need on the amp. So, and, and it's, it's so important to have someone who actually knows these things and this entire analog recording, uh, it was what he's done all his life. That is how he's been recording all his albums over more than four decades, maybe five now. Uh, and um, he knows what sounds good. And basically, he told me from the beginning that if you want to record analog, you have to be able to play your songs very well. <laughs> you do not sit there and make them up of little perfect pieces right, yeah. put up together. You just sit down and perform and when you perform you will have to be able to deliver emotionally and technically the perfect track and until you are able to do that you should not get into the studio and record you right. just sit there and practice until you're ready and that, that takes time it does. Yeah. It does. well since you're fully independent you have time to um, mature the album and uh, you know get it correctly in your mind you know Cause I, cause I, when when I was in concert, um, I saw Trivium and I talked to the, their guitarist Corey, and he said that one of the albums they only had six days to record. I'm like six, yeah. So they were, <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. So they were on a time crunch for sure. Yeah. So I think going fully independent is 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 better now than more than ever because you have time to actually uh, take time with the album. You know, like like you said. Uh, you know your wrist was hurting, so and and, and you were touring also. So it took you it took you a while to do it, but but your album's great. It's it's a beautiful, powerful album, and I love it. And everybody should Thank buy you. it. You know, so yeah, cool, cool. So, uh, yeah. So um, we do thank you for coming on. I'm so sorry that uh, my co-host couldn't help me with this interview, uh, but he says hi. <laughs> His name is Blake. And uh, some other time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yes. We're 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 more than honored to have you come back. And for all for all of our listeners, um, you can find Miss Anna at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Anna dot And then you can go buy her album, um, Spice Gold and Tales Untold, on Bandcamp, which is uh, Anna Patan dot Bandcamp dot com. So. We really do Thanks. appreciate your time, and hopefully you'll come back. Thank you, James. It would be an honor and a pleasure. <laughs>